Stand by for Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors with your host, Drew Kirby. Hey, this is Luke Holmes. I am Morgan Wallen. I'm Riley Green. I'm Travis Denning. Hey, I'm Aaron Lewis. Hey, it's Luke Bryan. I'm Tim McGraw. What's up? This is Ian Munsick. Ah, uh, this is Craig Morgan. And you're listening to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. My Country 95.5. Welcome in. Thank you so much for tuning in to the show. Of course, if you missed any of our previous episodes, you can get them all on demand at the My Country 95.5 app. Big day today, talking fish with uh, Matt Hahn from Wyoming Game and Fish Department. And are you ready for ice fishing and more bird hunting? Brian and I deep dive into some methods and theories on ice fishing and uh, and bird hunting. So make sure you stick around. Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors. Here we go. My Country 95.5. Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors on My Country 95.5. All right, Janet, we're approaching the end of the year, which, well, is kind of a scary thought that we've already flown through 2022, but that's a good thing because spring 2022 or 2023 will be here before you know it, and boaters will be back out on the water, and uh, skiers will be having fun, and uh, how is the fish production and, and the fish life looking here in Wyoming? You know, we're just coming kind of off of, of summer here. We're watching the snow start to fly. And, and that's a happy time for some of our folks, um, like our fisheries biologists. Maybe I shouldn't say that it's a happy time, but they get to come off of the water. They get to come out of the, the field. They've just spent, you know, several months doing their research every single day, looking at the science. What are the numbers? What are they seeing? And kind of comparing things. They do a lot of trend surveys so that they can see what it looked like last year and maybe predict what it is going to look like next year. So we have Matt Hahn here with us, who is the fisheries supervisor for the Casper region, who oversees a lot of our large reservoirs as well as the river here in town, um, to talk to us about what his crew found this summer. And, and there's some interesting takeaways. Matt, you have a, a broad span that you're looking over and you're looking at. You guys, like Janet said, have been on the water all year, basically monitoring what's going on and checking things out and uh how is the fishing in central wyoming looking yeah drew it looks great we're sitting on uh pretty good populations of walleye and in essentially all of the reservoirs uh in casper region from from seminole down to glendo um it's really been the story for the last three or four years has really been uh the walleye recruitment so the number of fish that are spawning and and showing up in the fishery is just kind of continues to stay pretty high um, which means that that uh, there's a lot of small walleye in the in the populations right now which usually translates into a lot of big walleye a few years down the road so we're seeing really really strong walleye populations uh, in a few cases uh, too strong of a walleye population um, for instance, both Seminole and Pathfinder, um, we see very high reproductive potential of those populations. So we're seeing an increasing number of, of small fish. And certainly anybody that's fished Pathfinder during 2022 probably noticed that they caught a whole lot of 11 and 12 inch walleye. Um, and those numbers are pretty well off the charts right now. What, what we're seeing, I don't know that we've ever documented a population 
density as high as it is right now of those of those smaller walleye in Pathfinder. So that you know that means really good fast fishing, um, but for small walleye. So there's not a lot of uh, relative to the small walleye, there's not a lot of big walleye in there right now. And, you know, forage starts to become limited. We see a slowdown in growth rate, things like that in, in Pathfinder um, and to a lesser degree Seminole. So, you know, the message we're trying to get out to, to people is if you go to Pathfinder, uh, keep a limit of those 11 to 13 inch fish every time you go. They, you know, they're great eating. Um, so how does that actually help the population? If you can harvest enough of those small fish, it brings the size distribution back into balance across the whole population. So in a in a really well-balanced fishery in terms of age structure, you would have, you know, twice as many 13-inch walleye as 15-inch walleye, and you would have twice as many 15-inch walleye as you have 18-inch walleye, and so on and so forth. But what we're seeing right now is we have about 10 to 15 times more 13 inch walleye then we have 15 inch walleye so that's where the population gets a little bit out of balance and that's where it really puts pressure on on the forage base so things like crayfish spot tail and emerald shiners small white suckers you know all this all the stuff that those fish like to eat they basically wipe forage out and so then that impacts the condition of the fish and the growth of the fish and everything else so how many fish would, would have to be taken out of Pathfinder for the future to be bright for big fish? We would probably be looking at removing somewhere in the 50 to 100,000 range of those, of those small 12 to 13, even into the 14-inch fish. We're not able to generate a really good population estimate in reservoirs. It's just too hard to do. But what we do is we track trends and we look at a density of fish in terms of how many our nets caught. And we look at the amount of fish of different ages relative to the other um, ages. And what, what you typically want to see is annual mortality rate of across the board of somewhere in the 20 to 30% range is a nice balanced population. And so, of course, as soon as you can start to get those numbers reduced, then you have another really good reproductive year and they bounce right back. And so it's it's kind of an ongoing struggle with the lake being as low as it is now. Of course, that influences forage production, things like that. But the one silver lining I would point out with the lake being low is when the lake fills back up, as hopefully one of these years, maybe this year, we'll get a pile of snow and the lake will fill back up. And that gives you what's called the new reservoir effect, where it just releases a whole bunch of nutrients back into the system. And then uh, you can start growing fish, even with all those small fish stockpiled. So hang on tight. We've got more fishing to talk in just minutes. Of course, there's Glendo, there's rivers, and there's other reservoirs. We'll get to it in just a few. Thanks for tuning in to Wyoming, hooking and hunting outdoors. Listening to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors, My Country 95.5. Welcome back. It's Drew and Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. Matt Hahn is with us. And Matt, how are we looking? Like Glendo is starting to come back. Some of the other reservoirs are starting, starting to come back up. How, how's that look for 2023? Glendo looks really great right now. Um, we're sitting on about three years in a row of record high walleye numbers in there. And, and that's really tied back to a really, really good reproduction in 2018. Uh, that year class was 
was the biggest we've ever seen with, you know, this is going back with 30 plus years of annual monitoring. Um, it was just off the charts good. Um, and we're still kind of riding that wave. So that, that year class is still present in really high numbers, even though they've been subject to harvest for about three years now, um, they're still just going real strong. Following up behind that, we've seen a couple of average year classes and then what looks like another above average year class from it would have been the 2021 spawn. We, we can kind of start to gauge the number of fish from one year later. Um, so this year in 2022, we were kind of getting an early look at what 2021's production looked like and it looks like it's going to be well above average again. So. Glendo just keeps cranking out walleye. Um, certainly it's seeing a lot of harvest, probably as much harvest as is that lake can sustain we're, we're seeing right now. Luckily, the numbers have held and it doesn't appear like it's being over harvested right now. And then the big question is if we get a couple poor year classes of reproduction there, which, which happens from time to time. I mean, it's very dependent on water level and, and especially weather in the springtime, the trend in temperatures and wind and things like that can all influence the walleye spawn. And so we wanna look at the amount of pressure it's getting, how much harvest there is, and what does that mean if we, if we get into a situation where we've got a little poorer than average recruitment, which luckily we don't have right now, but we're just kind of trying to get ahead of the ahead of the curve and, and see if we need to tweak anything there to account for, for that. So any worry from walleye fishermen that walleyes are being pushed out of the area can be laid to rest on this situation because we're, we've got an abundance of walleye. Oh yeah. They're, they're one of our bread and butter species. You know, the, the two, the two biggest species around here, are trout and walleye, you know, and we've got, bass and bluegill and crappie and catfish and all kinds of other species that just don't uh, draw nearly as much attention as, as trout and walleye. So our, our fisheries management time is spent, I would say 50 to 60% of our time working on walleye fisheries and 40 to 50% of our time working on trout fisheries right now. And so, yeah, walleye is definitely a, a really important draw for, for sport fishing in central Wyoming and has been for a long time and will continue to be. Well, Matt, how are the numbers looking for trout? Walleye's looking really good and you work half the time on trout. Are the trout numbers strong? Yeah, in the river they are. Um, we're seeing pretty good pretty good uh, spawning success from the last two years in the river and that's really good. We, we, we haven't run the population estimate numbers yet. Um, you know, we just collected the data a couple of weeks ago and so it takes a while to to process that but but what i would say from just looking at the raw data is that the number the population's up this year from what it was last year and the year before uh, we've seen good uh, size balance in the population where we've got a lot of young fish present um, to balance out some of the older fish that are that are starting to reach old age and kind of die out of the population so you know, the real unique thing about, say, the managing the North Platte River versus Glendo Reservoir is it's not a harvest-driven fishery. So at Glendo, you produce walleye, and a good majority of those walleye get harvested and go home in people's coolers. And in the river, you, you, you start off with trout, and they get caught, and some of them get caught multiple times. And 
very few of them go home in coolers. And so you're, you know, you're trying to balance some different, some different things there. And, and, uh, you know, we focus more on habitat, uh, management, habitat maintenance in the river, since we do rely mostly on natural reproduction to sustain that trout fishery. So we work with the Bureau of Reclamation to uh, do the flushing flow program in the spring to clean the gravel, which improves spawning success and, and things like that. But um, yeah, so anybody that was really liking to fish the river should have had a great fall, uh, should still be having a great fall. I think, you know, I've been working the river since 2006 and I, I think this is probably the nicest fall that I can remember. Uh, the water was clear all the way to Glen Rock. The weather was beautiful. A lot of a lot of bugs were hatching, and it should should have been a phenomenal fall to be to be a fly fisherman on the North Platte for sure. So uh, I think we can conclude by saying 2023 looks like a promising year out on the water here in here in Wyoming. Yeah, Drew, it really should be. We're looking at great populations of of walleye and trout pretty much everywhere. There's a few exceptions. Um, Beyond walleye and trout, you know, the crappie and catfish fishery in, in Glendo is, is cooking along just fantastic. Those are both very underutilized fisheries. Um, there's a lot of opportunity down there that, that, that people aren't really taking advantage of. And, and I would kind of plug those, like especially catfishing on Glendo. If you don't have a boat, you don't want to invest in all the walleye fishing gear, you know, cat, you can go catfishing at Glendo from the shore with no specialized gear whatsoever. You need a hook and a sinker and some bait, you know, fish up to 20 pounds. So, um, you know, I would really encourage people in 2023 to maybe kind of get outside of your comfort zone. And, you know, we've got a lot of different species of game fish around here and uh, I would encourage people to try it out. That's what I love about Wyoming. So many different options. Of course, go to WGFD.wyo.gov. There's actually a fish species uh, section of the website where you can go find out things about other species that we have here in Wyoming. Matt, thanks again. Hunting outdoors, my country, 95.5. Holiday season shopping is my favorite shopping, Brian, because you don't have to feel bad about coming in Rocky Mount Discount Sports and taking advantage of great special deals. Yeah, we're uh, just getting uh, started for this uh, big old Black Friday specials that are coming up. I, I have this ad in my hand, and we're not going to give away everything on this ad, but uh, there will be some great stocking stuffers and a hunter's delight in this ad. Yeah, we'll do a little sneak peek uh, preview of the ad uh, Monday on our Facebook page, so that's the best place to, uh, if you want to pre-plan for some of those uh, hard-to-buy-for guys or gals, uh, that's the place to find that ad. Have you found that uh, the weather that we've had has been really wacky? People have been coming in and getting in on boots and warm clothes? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it takes that first snowstorm to realize that your kids' boots from last year didn't fit. So, yeah, we're seeing we're seeing a lot of people, uh, you know, getting their, their mucks and their bogs boots and, and getting their gloves and hats, for sure. When folks are coming in, obviously it's a good idea to have good socks. What's the, the idea of fitting on that? Should you go bigger or smaller? No, your socks should socks should just fit. You know, I mean, you don't want them too tight where they're cutting off circulation. And, and generally they're sized by boot size or shoe size. Um, I, I will give you this one little snippet of a preview from the Black Friday ad. It's one of my favorite parts of this ad is uh, we're doing a buy two, get one free uh, on, on socks. Oh. All, all socks. So that's wig, wom, smart wool. 
um, darn tough. Uh, all the all those good merino wool type socks. Uh, they're they're going to be a buy two get one free. And those are are great socks to have on cold weather and anytime your feet sweat. I wicks your wicks away from it. Everybody needs socks, and they're a little they're a little <laughs> thicker than normal. So if you're buying new boots, how do you figure that size in there? Well, it's always best to at least try on the socks that you're you're gonna wear with those boots, because um, they're they do make a boot sock, but generally those typically are just a little bit taller. They're not necessarily thicker. Uh, with technology, like the thickness of the socks has really gone down. I remember as a kid, you know, we had socks that were like a half of an inch thick. Yeah, you know, big wool socks and. That's kind of a thing of the past. You know, those, those socks are now pretty thin. Get in and check it out and make sure you try on the boot. We've talked about boots a lot because there are some boots that are, it takes like 50 miles before they're really broken in. Yeah, we don't really see that so much with like, you know, your snow boots, like your your mucks and your bogs and that kind of stuff. But certainly on some of the, the higher end uh, hunting boots, yeah, there is, a, there is a break in period. And you definitely want to try on, you know, what the type of sock you're going to be wearing with those boots as you're as you're fitting them get in here and check them out rocky mountain discount sports and get ready for this black friday sale go on facebook it's rocky mountain discount sports casper so get in on on that and if you uh go to that facebook page and you have an an animal that you killed or a fish that you caught put it on there and we'll share it with us yeah yeah get over there check that out and get in here and check it out rocky mountain discount sports cy avenue and casper Homemade, hooking, and hunting outdoors on My Country 95.5. All right, Brian. So I've seen lots of birds still in the area. As a matter of fact, uh, over by the Muni, it's you where you normally would play golf. It's like you would have to swing around <laughs> birds right now. It's crazy. Yeah, there um, there definitely was a good cold Arctic push from the north, and those birds. Um, a lot of them passed through. We could we could hear those birds migrating, you know, throughout the night. But uh, there's a good quantity of birds that stuck around. When uh, when you guys are, are out, and and I really like that you guys have this layout blind system. That and, and if people don't know, basically it's a metal frame that has coverage on it, and then it has doors that flip open for right. you to, to shoot. And it really is a clever setup. Yeah, layout blinds have been used for years. I mean, layout blinds and A-frame blinds, you know, you just something to conceal yourself out in the middle of a field, right, or on a fence line and that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they kind of kind of can get more sophisticated as we as we get older and we decide we want to be more comfortable. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we, uh, gosh, we had a great hunt. We hunted uh, 10 guys last Wednesday in uh, a field just nearby, and we shot uh, 40 Canadians and one snow goose. Do you foresee it sticking around since, like, we've had this snow move through, but it's going to start warming up. We're going to be in the 40s next week. It's it's so hard to tell. Like, you know, Casper's not, like, in the in the meat of any flyway. I mean, mm-hmm. we just don't have a whole lot of crops that really keep birds here for a long time. The one saving grace is that we've got open water. You know, the North Platte water keeps open for the majority of the time. We usually don't see it, you know, freeze up here in town until late December or January. Right. So the, the birds have at least some place to, to get get out of the elements and, and they can feed on all the vegetation on the on the on the river. But as far as like, you know, abundance of cornfields or beans or peas or you know, those other oats and that kind of stuff, we just don't have enough or a lot to really keep birds here for a long period of time. What about ducks? Have you seen a, a lot of ducks? I, I know geese have been pretty thick, but Yeah, the the duck population 
uh, started off pretty good. We saw a really good mix of just, I mean, widgeons and blue wing and green wing teal and uh, some pintails came through. Obviously, the mallards were here. Um, it, it was a it was a really cool mixed bag of, of, of birds on that early or that the second split here, I guess. But um, that's kind of slowed down a little bit too. So I don't know. I'm not sure exactly where those are. If they're if they're just stuck up on the on the big reservoirs, if they're down on oh, Pathfinder. Yeah. I know guys down at Glenda were saying that there was, you know, tens of thousands of geese down there. So I'm, I'm sure there's ducks in, mixed in with that. But as soon as, you know, the further south we go, you know, Wheatland tends to hold the birds a little bit longer down there because of the amount of crops and open water they have too. You mentioned the open water. So obviously you can get out and still do some fishing. But we also were talking a little bit earlier where there's some ice fishing that's starting to, to happen. Yeah, you know, this time of year um, over... Uh, Shoshone Basin or uh, Wind River area, uh, Ocean Lake has already got a little bit of ice on there, and there's been some guys out there, and uh, we're starting to see some some of the bays down at uh, Boysen Reservoir freeze up as well. What are people mostly uh, fishing for over there? I know there's a lot of perch that uh, is popular. Yeah, so usually this first ice off uh, or first ice on, the walleyes, the crappie, the perch, um, boys and you'll get a few ling out of there as well. Catfish, I mean, it's 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 a really good mixed bag at boys and I think at Ocean Lake it's going to primarily be um, walleye, but I think there's some crappie and perch in there as well. So what we will experience here, I mean, if it's going to get warm again, I mean, but it's getting cold at night, warm the day, and the sun's out. I mean, that doesn't bode very well for ice formation well a lot of it has to do with the wind really so you know the more wind we get you know that keeps that water circulating and really doesn't necessarily make for good ice mm -hmm. uh, if we get that really cold snap that that ice freezes up really fast and clear that's when we know we've got good ice and so uh, ice safety this time of year is really the the biggest biggest fear biggest factor right now like you mentioned there's only a couple reservoirs or lakes that have any ice on it and it can't be that thick at this point i wouldn't <laughs> no and everybody's itching to be the first one out on the water but you know i mean you hit it you know you got two to four inches of, of what you think is good ice and then all of a sudden you hit a soft spot and you go through so really safety equipment's kind of the biggest thing you know make sure you've you know got either got a sled a throw cushion uh, life jackets with you some extra rope that kind of stuff um you know they make the ice spikes in case you do fall through where you can you know claw your way back out um an extra set of dry clothes you know that just sounds miserable doesn't it, it? It does sound miserable, but being prepared is, you know, I mean, is going to save a life. Absolutely, it is. And of course, if you need any of that safety equipment, you can get it over here at Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. We've talked uh, all summer that ice fishing gear has been, you're ready. You're ready for it to go out the door. So that might be something that people want to look at. Yeah, we're getting new product in every day. It's kind of fun seeing some of the new stuff that's out there, some of the, the new baits that these different companies have come out with and, and how they're just kind of building on things that have worked well in the past. So ice augers are all here. Um, fish finders are in stock. Um, we're ready to go. It won't be long before everybody will be trying to get out on the ice. So make sure you come in, Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. That big Black Friday sale is coming up, and uh, take advantage of all of the goodness here. See why Avenue and Casper. If you missed any of our other shows, you can get them on demand at the My Country 95.5 app. Just click that on demand button. You can get right to it. Another great show next week. Have a great Thanksgiving.